2: Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another episode of Spurs Chat where we will be discussing Tottenham's 5-1 win against Newcastle at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium earlier on today. Uh, Before I introduce uh, the guests, if you don't uh, subscribe to the channel as yet, please do hit that subscribe button. And if you are listening to this on an audio platform, do hit that follow button and leave a review if you can. Now, the result today, Spurs 5, Newcastle one uh, oh. A comfortable win for Tottenham. Goals from Ben Davis, McDoherty, Hunmin Son, Emerson Royale, and Stephen Bergvine. Assists from Hunmin Son, Harry Kane, McDoherty, Kuluszewski, and Lucas Mora and Tottenham Hotspur are now back into the top four. And I'm, I'm going to apologise now how many times I'm going to say Tottenham Hotspur are back into the top four during this stream because it's going to be a lot. Eight cup finals to go. The next game, Aston Villa away on Saturday. Now let's introduce the three very special guests. I'm absolutely delighted to bring back uh, radio presenter, Russ Williams. Russ, how are you?
3: Very, very good. Just got back from the game uh, buzzing after what was a pretty dodgy sort of first half an hour, wasn't it? And then there was an explosion and uh, it was uh, fantastic because, you know, as you alluded to there, Chris, and I'm sure the guys and all the viewers uh, would agree, it was a must-win game for Spurs. And how many times over the years have we watched Spurs win this, they go forth and it goes wrong? Well, today it went well. We had to get a, a couple of goals for the goal difference and uh, it's all pressure on at Crystal Palace tomorrow. Lovely.
2: Do you know what, Ross? He's absolutely right. Because I put a video out this morning and I said, you know, if Tottenham Hotspur get a big enough win, we could go into the top four. And how many times have I said that on videos over the yeah. years? If we do this, we can go you know, second or top or whatever. Oh, no. And it never, it never, never seems to happen. We've also got actor Darren Hart with us. Darren, how are you? I'm in good spirits, gentlemen. Got my Spurs mug. I'm a Happy man. Happy man. <laughs> Do you, know, do you know, Darren, um, it's great to have you on because if the result didn't go our way today, you were going to bring the positivity. Listen, <laughs> always here for the good vibe, but Spurs help us out. I mean, even happier place. Can you imagine? Me on a win day.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm also delighted to bring back uh, Richard Whitehead, MBE, of course, Paralympic gold medalist. Richard, how are you? Yeah, awesome.
4: Obviously, after the result, great performance. I say It always makes a shitty weekend when we play crap, but... Yeah. Being on the show makes a great weekend even better. Come on, you Spurs.
2: And I'll, I'll also just uh, all to mention as well, Richard, that you were part of the winning team of Celebrity Hunted. So many congratulations.
4: Yeah, cheers for that. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, myself and uh, you and Thomas uh, beat the Hunters and raised an extra 100 grand for stand-up
2: wow. to cancer. Thanks. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Russ... Let's start with you. Um, a very, very simple question. What did you make of today's game?
3: Um, I thought the first half an hour, we were a little lacklustre. We conceded the goal and you just knew when the free kick was given that it was probably going to be a goal. I mean, I, I, we were talking before the game and I said, I hope we don't concede too many corners because Dan Byrne is bound to get his head on one uh and that didn't happen fortunately in fact we we did defend corners I thought quite well uh, yeah. but to go a goal down in such a big game it's a massive massive test isn't it and i think under you know nuno and other managers no offence we might have struggled uh, but under conte it's here the mentality i feel and um it, and so it proved you know we got an equaliser all square at half time, and then the floodgates opened. And you know, I think we we were probably all fearing a, a scrappy two one and a nail biting last five minutes and stoppage time. But we didn't need it. It was it was just great. They stepped up to the plate, and um who would have thought that Ben Davis, Matt Doherty, and Emerson Royale would score yeah. in the game, in the same game. Yeah. I mean, wow, well, what odds would you have got for that? But good on them. It's fantastic. Brilliant. Josh, you, you mentioned Nuno there. Um,
2: it it yeah. seems a long, long time ago it since does. the Nuno days, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, it, it really does. And no, no offence to Nuno, nice bloke, really good coach at, at Wolves, as we know. He, he just wasn't suited, I felt, to our club yeah. and yeah. how we want to play, first and foremost. Forget about Conte and even Jose, really. Uh, a lot of people felt that, uh, you know, the fit wasn't right. And yeah, to get sure. Conte, as, as we've spoken about before, Chris, I thought it was just, it was like a footballing miracle. Yeah. Um, and he's piped down Conte, hasn't he, on all this. Well, you know, I'm not very happy and this, that, and the other. Everything is positive. I watched him very, very closely in the technical area because my seat was just behind there. I mean, he kicks every ball in every game, and a lot of coaches don't. And, and I think the instructions were there. Uh, he keeps them calm, and he gets us through games. Look at the improvement over the last few games. It's like yes. the jigsaw's all come together, really, although, as we all know, we'll probably come on to it later. Uh, we need three or four more pieces, I feel. Uh, for next season if we're, if we're going to push on But now it is a battle Emerson Royale For the top four I and mean, I'm I'm positive, I, I'm really positive
2: I love it Russell You said about in the technical area Because most of the times oh. I look at Antonio Conte He's out of it, he's running up the touchline
3: <laughs> Yeah, well he, he, he likes to go to the front bit The fourth official today was a bit chirpy With him on yeah. a couple of occasions I don't know if he was on his first gig I, I forget who it was Um, and to me, he's an inspiration as a coach. He's not perfect. Nobody is. Uh, None of the players are perfect, but he's got them believing in what he wants, and I love it when he goes, it's going to be very, very, very difficult to get into the top four. We need a miracle, blah, blah, blah. I don't think he really thinks that. I think he thinks it's game on and wide open now and I think most of the viewers hopefully would think that as well I mean this is, this is great compared to where we were three months ago two months yeah. ago yeah Brilliant.
2: yeah what a turnaround and he also said uh, that he's not a magician but I believe he is um Darren yeah. let's come to you your thoughts on the game you know what it was
0: a game that as we all know was a, a must win for the way the league's gonna play out and I think that first half an hour was a concern for all of us. And if I'm honest, the starting 11, when we saw that we had Emerson and Doherty both starting, a lot of heartbeats were racing. A lot of people's pulse races went up. However, once you saw the performance that the boys put out there, you're really starting to see what Conte spoke about before, what he can do when he trains them, when he gets them to understand the methodology of how he wants the team to play. There were some beautiful interchanges of play. There were some beautiful link-ups and passing moves throughout the game. And, yeah, it it left me in a very happy space. And as you know, Chris, I have been Mr. Positive, and I have been saying top four right from the get-go. When everyone yep. said no, I've said yes. And I'm still yep. saying yes. And performances like today, they just back me even more. They make me feel even more confident. Yeah. So, all I can say is, up the spurs, up the spurs, up the spurs.
4: <laughs> Rich, let's come to
2: you. Your thoughts on the match?
4: Yeah, so, first off, like the, like the guy's, uh, and Russ alluded to I couldn't actually see Newcastle um, having any real opportunities apart from the, the dead ball situation and um, then I actually just wrote I wrote down at that point that Sun had been terrible he'd not touched the ball and the only way that Newcastle was going to score is from a dead ball position and then underneath I thought shit I just have
2: <laughs> yeah. well actually Rich, it was their only shot on target in the game yeah yeah, and,
4: and, and for, for me as well, the first 30 minutes, we got it all wrong with the, the press. I think we let them have too much time on the ball. Yes, we did have a lot of possession, but when they had the ball, we didn't press them high enough. We didn't kind of force the play. It looked like some of the players were still on international duty yeah. and hadn't transformed how they play internationally back to Premier League, high press, high intensity play. And then all of a sudden then, Sonny, burst of, burst of speed, obviously forces the, the corner, um, second cycle of play, and then we score, Davis, I was like shocked. But then that, that gave me the confidence going into the second half, knowing that Conte is going to see the difference of that kind of higher intensity. Because I think at that point, Newcastle were going 1-0 up, they were, going, they were starting to think, right, we're going to put 10 men behind the ball and literally we're going to, we're going to play for a 1-0 away win, like they have done in the past. Get, getting that goal just before half-time, then having a the little bit of kerfuffle just before the, um, the, the half-time whistle, I think that gave the players a little bit of a kick in the arse that they needed. And then it came out, and that's what I want to see Spurs, that, that second half, and for minute one, they were on it, everybody... Harry dropped in a little bit deeper, a lot more ball. Obviously, him and Romero, mate. Romero, world class, world class. We have got an amazing, an amazing special player, like Russ just said. Special player. Like I, 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 when when they said Kane was the man of match, I was like, I watched Romero and I thought this guy is a real magician at the back. Like confident on the ball, and I was like blown away. Like I've seen him play awesome this year. But that performance from him, even though we, we smashed Newcastle, was, like, awesome. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Russ, let's come to you. Let's talk about Tottenham starting eleven. It was, of course, one change. Um, Sergio Reguilon yeah. out of the team and uh, Emerson coming in. But Emerson going to the right and Matt Doherty going to the left. So, the full team, uh, Hugo Lloris in goal, the back three, of Romero, Dyer and Davis, wing-backs, Emerson... And Doherty uh, in midfield, Benson Kerr and Hoybier, and the forward three of Kulishevsky, Harry Kane, and Hunmin Son. Um, is that what you expected? Um, apart from Regulon being in this team, is this Tottenham's best starting eleven for you?
3: Um, no, I don't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not convinced because I thought with the two wing backs, it's almost like square pegs trying to get in round holes. You know, in terms of where Matt Doherty was, and I think that there is a a little bit of the play that we saw in the first half an hour where the other players in the Spurs side are not quite convinced about the wing-backs. And I noticed when I was looking at Conte uh, that all the time he was saying, push up, push up. And then he was all the time saying to Pierre-Emile Hoiberg, give the ball to Doherty. Come on. And for some reason, he wasn't. He was turning inside. He was knocking it back. He was knocking it sideways. He does that a lot, incidentally. And it was in, interesting. I, I did think just when I'm on that subject, Harry Winks, when he came on in the second half, is it me? But a, a couple of seasons ago, he was a, an energetic, going forward kind of midfielder. And now I know he had a shot today from outside the box. Uh, which on a, another day could have gone in and good. Yeah. I'd like to see us shoot more from outside the box. We don't tend to do that very much, um, but maybe that's the way Conti wants it. Uh, but he is quite a defensive player now, Winks, and I'm not sure whether it's serving his career as well as it could have been. It, there's a lot of sideways and and, and backwards. Uh, we have, you know, I'll come back to your original question: Is that the best starting eleven? Maybe not because I think you would have Serge in there if he was fit. Yeah, sorry, that, that's what I meant. It's not Sergio far Sergio off with, with the yeah, tools isn't it? Yeah, that's what I meant, Russ. If, if Sergio Reglon was
2: in the starting eleven, um, in your opinion, is that Tottenham's best eleven? Oh, because
3: well, we, we, yeah. we,
2: with Oliver Skip out, do you think that Oliver Skip would improve this team even more? And if so, who would come out?
3: Well, I'm I'm a big fan of of Oliver Skip, and I would put him in instead of Hoiberg personally. You know, it's all about opinions. People can agree, they can disagree, think I'm talking rubbish. I I just think with Conte, we need to address in midfield an aggressive midfielder. I don't think Conte wants a locksmith because actually with Bentoncourt, we've kind of got that uh, by default to a certain extent. Uh, But I think that midfield needs a general in there, somebody who's prepared to, you know, it's an awful term, die for the shirt, if you like. Uh, Because I did notice, after we'd gone a goal down, I looked at the Spurs players, there was a couple of heads that went down and there wasn't one player, not one player, standing up and clapping and saying, come on, you know, let's get to it, not one player. And I found, yeah. I found that a little disturbing because they usually with teams, at least one or two, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And there wasn't today. So I think, as, as Richard, uh, I think it was you, Richard, who was saying, you know, at halftime, Conte got into them and uh, maybe that's his job. I, I don't know. But I, I do think we need a, a leader on the field.
4: Yeah, with experience for sure, right? Yeah. Also, I think it's really, really important that we have that. I think Hoiber's doing a, doing a good job at the moment. I think we need to upskill the team in that respect. I think Hoiber's just a, a little bit of a stopgap. And Harry Winks, for me, it's just a different level. I think the the plays has gone up a stage. And I think Harry, Harry Winks just isn't at that level at the moment. So I don't see a place within the team or the squad for him in the, after the summer.
2: Darren, so. let's come to you. Um, were, were you happy with the starting eleven today? With, with the resources available, yeah. I was
0: a little bit concerned, obviously, when you see you've got Emerson and Doherty both starting. It does send a little shiver down all of our spines and we do get concerned that there may be problems. However, as a lot of people tweeted today, they made a lot of people eat humble pie because they been all out of performance and I was very impressed by that. However, speaking of what Russ is saying, yeah, there are elements which has alluded to there. There are elements within our 11 that fans, we can all see where there's room for improvement. I think in the middle of the park, I'm stuck because... A lot of people have been speaking about the the resurgence of the born-again man, Christian Eriksen, and say, do we go and make a bid for him and put him in the team? I've got a conundrum that I don't know how we fix in Spurs because I think Russ is right. I'm thinking we need to go and get that hungry, ball-winning centre midfielder who just breaks up play, the guy who wins it and gives it. Because I think now in the middle of the park, with Ben there, I think he is a footballing genius. And I said this on transfer deadline day, he's a real educated, intelligent footballer. And he demands the ball. He's also instructing play with his hands. And you saw some of his link-up passes. He's always looking for that early forward ball, which is beautiful to see. And I think if we got a defensive-minded person next to him, Basuma from Brighton, I'll take every day, would be a great signing. However, if we got an attacking-minded player in that place, we've got an issue with Harry Kane. Because then he would then suddenly be playing in the same place that Kane likes to drop into. And do we lose that side of Kane's game now? that become it's it's grown now because we now have two players who run beyond him in Kulicheski and Son. It really makes Kane look beautiful, and I think we'll get onto that later when we hit the Kane button. But I think with that eleven we had, I was scared of our wing backs, but I was happy when
2: they did what they did today. So thanks, boys. Thanks for the drink, <laughs> Rich. Um, let's let's uh, let's talk about the starting eleven um, with you. Um, you happy with it?
4: Yeah, the boys have um, have said most of what I was going to say, to be honest. I think um, clearly uh, Conte is not going to go too adventurous with um, starting eleven. He's going to look for defensively minded players in those positions. He's not going to experiment and kind of put um, uh, Lucas and and Bergwijn in those positions, which might be an option. But for me, I think it's really important that we have a stable base and stay in the games. Instead of just getting into a, like a dogfight when it's just attack, attack, attack from both teams, I think Conte is not like that. He wants to one trust that his players that are on the pitch. I think Doherty is obviously moving from uh, one side to the other. I think initially, uh, alarm bells raised. Uh, I'm not a massive Doherty fan, but he's proved me wrong over the last couple of weeks. I think he's he's definitely somebody squad wise that we can use and utilize. I don't think he's he's still that that top four. Uh, starting uh, 11 player, but uh, puts in a great shift. Um, um, it, on the ball, usable quite well today. Um, I, I do think that we're still missing that dead ball specialist in the team. Like, every time we've got a free kick... We'll, we'll, come
2: on, we'll come on to that in a minute, Rich.
4: So that's something that that's something that I've, I'm literally pulling my hair out. I've not got a massive amount of hair anyway, but every time we've got a free kick, I'm like going... Who's going to take Dyer Is Dyer at three kicks. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> ward for House. We need somebody like a ward for House in the team.
2: Yeah. Well, after the game, Antonio Conte said, oh, I enjoyed seeing my team play this way. Um, Tottenham Hotspur had 62% possession in the game. We had 19 shots to Newcastle's eight, six on target to Newcastle's one. Uh, we had two corners there, three. As I say, we're up to the top four on goal difference. Uh, we've played 30. Uh, we've got 54 points. Arsenal are now fifth. They've played 28. They also have 54 points. Russ, as you said earlier, um, the first yeah. half now wasn't that great. In the fifth minute, a long-range effort from Benton Kerr over the bar. Uh, corner, Son to Dyer headed over the bar. In the 14th minute, Harry Kane shot wide. In the 17th minute, um, Eric Dyer with a free kick just wide. I thought it was a decent free kick. And as Rich said there about free kicks, I fully expected Harry Kane to take that free kick again because he's been taking them, you know, since as long as I can remember. The free kicks, let's talk about the free kicks. Spurs had a free kick 17th minute. Did you expect Eric Dyer to take it? What do you think of the free kick? And should he be taking them in the future?
3: Um, I thought because of the distance from goal, Dyer would take it. When the free kick was given by the referee, he was walking straight to the spot. Uh, where the free kick was going to be taken from. So I think he thought that he was going to take it. Maybe it's an instruction. Um, If it was a little closer, I would expect Harry Kane to have taken it. But I thought it was a a good free kick, uh, not that far away. And, you know, if it had gone in, we'd all be saying, well, Eric Dyer, what a fantastic free kick that was. Uh, We used to have that, of course, with Kieran (laughs) Trippier, didn't we? Uh, But we let him go for some bizarre reason, which I still can't really get my head around. And, of course, he's at Newcastle now, but injured. Um, So, yeah, I agree with Richard that we definitely um, need need somebody who can take free kicks. Sonny takes the corners. Why not let him have a go? You know, as I think somebody's saying in the comments, a a free kick, uh, he can't do any worse than anybody else to be honest, and we know what he can do. So give him a go.
2: Yeah. Um, in the 29th minute, Benton Curta-Hunmin Son shot the goalkeeper. 35 minutes gone, Kuliszewski cross to pierre Mihoy, bier headed over. And then, of course, in the 39th minute, Newcastle took the lead uh, through Shah with a free kick. It seemed to go through Hugo Lloris. Um, Darren, talk me through the instant because from where I was sat in the ground, um, it looked like Hugo Lloris could have done a lot better with that shot. Yeah, yeah. It it, it definitely was. It favoured the goalkeeper. It was
0: decide that he's got covered. And um, there were three Newcastle players on the edge of, their box, uh, edge of our wall. And they obscured his view a bit. But I know from what I saw today, of all the Tottenham players that stepped on the pitch today, Hugo's the one who's going to be a little bit frustrated with himself because he's better than that. We know he's better than that. And he sets the bar a lot higher than that. So it was one of those moments as we probably all felt, oh, it's going to be one of those days because it looked straightforward. He, he should have kept it out. There wasn't much of a sting behind it, and you thought, "No, Spurs, don't do this to me now. Don't do this to me now." So, yeah, I'm glad we we turned it around. But yeah, Hugo, you should have saved that, my friend. You know you should have.
2: Darren, let's stay with you. Four minutes later, of course, we equalised. Hunmin Son uh, with a uh, with a good cross in. Of course, Ben Davis leapt up. Um, he actually come out and said, I leapt like a salmon to head of that goal in. Uh, <laughs> a fantastic finish, wasn't it? It yeah. was a fantastic little bit of play there. And I think
0: what I loved about it is some never looked up. And I think that's the beauty of that cross, is he knew where he wanted to put the ball. And it's that desire. You whip a ball in at that quality, all you've got to do is get a touch on it. And Ben Davies, he desired to get into the box. All he had to do was get a touch. He did, and there's the goal. And I think the timing of it was so important for Spurs at that point. Because if we let the game slip away from us a little bit further, not getting an equaliser before half-time, I think heads would have been really rattled. And I think Conte would have had a lot of work to do. So I think the timing of that goal was immense. The movement for the goal was great. And just Tottenham being on the front foot, and I think what we're seeing with our back five is they've got licence to attack. There were moments today where, I don't know if you guys spotted as well, especially early on, Romero would go forward with a ball and Sonny would look up and he's the most central player in the box. And I was like, why has Romero stayed there? And it's the confidence in each other. Robier drops in for him. The understanding of each other is really coming through right now. The team is really getting to understand each other. Their awareness of each other's movement. I think that is so, it's so crucial when you play a Conte system. Understanding everyone around you. What is their role? When Doherty goes forward, where do I go? What are the changes? And that's why our passing today, I know people will allude to it a little bit for a rat cane, but everybody's passing today was superb. There were balls that were being fizzed at people's feet, and the control and the one-touch football and the movement was immense today. Like Guys, hats off to the team. If I had a haircut, I'd take my hat off, but I haven't, so it's staying on. But yeah, great work. <laughs> from the boys there. It lovely football. So yeah, that goal there for Ben Davis. that's what, first one in four years? If he keeps doing a salmon jump, he can get another one next week.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rich, let's come to you. In in stoppage yes, time, man. um three players were booked including uh, Rodrigo Bentonker. Um can you talk us through it into like to oh, yeah, over the other side. Didn't see it that well. What, what can you talk us through what happened there? Yeah,
4: I like that. I like that. I like that. Um obviously Conte likes players that show his energy and passion. The first half was rubbish, like proper lethargic, ever looked fatigued. Um there wasn't that bite in the, in, in the, uh, in the tackle and nobody's pressing. There was chances to uh, let the win-backs go either side. Didn't really happen. So I think, obviously, at that point, uh, it was about the players really taking control. And obviously, with the new players that have come in, they've given us a little bit of a new dynamic, haven't they? Benzik, obviously, with that snap in the tackle. And obviously, him and uh, some Maximum, and had a little bit of an altercation, and I think it was it was really handbags I think he was it was literally holding each other off the ball, and then it was just head to head and then uh, Joe Linton got involved and then but that's good, I think that's good just before half time. I think that really set the t- the tone to say actually, Antonio, we care because all the other players were, like ripping each other off so they didn't get sent off and um and it's important it's important to show it's not it's not just a game, you know. what I mean, the fans go go to the the stadium to see a fight, and that's what the Spurs player did. When it got when it got tough, when it got tough, people dug in and showed showed the actual fans that they cared about putting the shirt on, and that's the reason why it was turned around. Because the first half, I thought was crap, like proper. Yeah. yeah, just like people good. just didn't want it. I just didn't think you know want it. Dyer was probably the better player, best player in the first half hours. I think he's strong on the ball and composed. He's shown a different dynamic to his game this season. But apart from that, like I say, Sonny until they had that run just before our equaliser, did literally nothing. Yeah. And I've got his name on my shirt, so. Uh,
0: Richard, man. just jumping on that point, you know, you said like that first uh, like half an hour that. Like, the commitment in it. I think also there was something else that played there. Newcastle under Eddie Howe have pressed everybody this year. They've come out flying. They've put everyone under pressure. And I think part of that may have been that Tottenham came out going, that's what Newcastle were going to do. And what Newcastle did is what everyone has realised we can't handle, so to speak, is when they drop off. And they did that really well. They closed down the pitch on us. They went, you're not going to be able to pass through the middle. And it took us a minute to get the gear, to go, How are we breaking this down? And I think that's something that I've watched with Tottenham. But this new, improved Tottenham is that we are now breaking down those teams. We are finding those intricate passes in the gap. And I think that 35 minutes was a massive moment where Spurs going, oh, Sugar, how do we break this down? We don't know how to do it. We've got to find it again, find it again. And going 1-0 down, I think, helped the gear change because, like you said, the fight happened there. Certain players, like Romero, started to push forward a little bit more and everyone was like, come on, we're better than this. So, mm. yeah. The, there was, was definitely a difference
4: between it. today's game and when we were away at Burnley and that was like... Wow. dreadful. I know, exactly. And then this, I, I think today we, we the, the yeah. crowd played a big part as well. Yeah. You know, like, towards the end, that. And then the crowd got really behind the players and like, like
3: pushed the players forward, and that helped. And the thing is as well, Chris, for the first half an hour, we were trying to play through the middle. It was almost like the players in the team didn't trust to give the ball, as I was saying earlier, to yes. the wing-backs. And the reality is, and we all know it, that if we're going to get to the level under Conte that he wants, the club wants, the fans want, and I presume the players who are going to stay at the club one, we've got to get wing-backs of the quality of Rhys James or Andy Robertson or Trent Alexander-Arnold or, dare I say it, someone like Kieran Tierney, who is a really good wing-back for Arsenal, that level of player. And what yeah. we've got at the moment, I think, the harsh reality is they're not good enough. Yeah.
2: I think it's fair to say, though, Russ, and we will come on to this shortly, that um, there has been vast improvements um, under Antonio Conte in these last few months. Yeah. But um, I, I know I get exactly what you're saying. Um, Russ, let's stay with you. I want to talk a little bit about Harry Kane. Um, yeah. He was given uh, the Man of the Match award, but Tottenham Hotspur have put out uh, a poll for for, you, for fans to vote for the Man of the Match. Ben Davis, Kulishevsky, Romero and Matt Doherty. Harry Kane is not on that list. Conte no. said about Harry Kane after the game, I really like Harry Kane as a person, not just as a player. He's a world-class striker and he deserves the best. I said to Harry, the only disappointing thing today, he didn't score because he played an amazing game. And, uh, you know, you being in the stadium as well, you would have heard what I did uh, with the Newcastle fans um, shouting, yeah. you're just a shit Alan Shearer.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted Harry to score so we could sing, he's just a shit Alan Shearer. Back at the- <laughs> um I think Harry is now like Teddy Sheringham. He's got such a brilliant, brilliant football brain and he's a great striker, as we all know. And that is why he's excelling in this kind of deeper role is also the reason why I think Conte will be looking for another striker uh, in the summer and two wing-backs and probably a right-sided central defender and maybe someone tough in midfield. We'll come on to that, I'm sure, later. Uh, but Harry Kane... Was very quiet the first half an hour. I mean, he didn't have a shot on goal, on target, in the whole game. And, you know, who would have thought Tottenham Hotspur score five, go fourth in the Premier League, and Harry Kane didn't even score. Now, it's not always about goals, but it is his currency. And I would not have made Harry man of the match as much as I love him. Christian Romero all day long, followed by Bentacore, without a shadow of a doubt. The the class, Romero, not only what he does with the ball, how he defends, how he reads the game. I've watched him, he's fantastic. In the flesh, even better than when you watch him on the telly. So I wouldn't have made Harry uh, man of the match today. But look, Harry won't care a damn because he knows he can go to Aston Villa next weekend, get a couple of chances and pop him in the back of the net, which A, he probably will do and B, needs to do because we need to win. Russ, do you expect Harry Kane to
2: stay at Spurs beyond the summer and yeah. uh, in the future break Alan Shearer's record?
3: Yes, I do. Uh, I don't know anything, obviously. It's just a gut feeling. If, if, if Tottenham get in the Champions League, uh, Harry Kane will stay at the club. And if Antonio Conte fulfills minimum the remainder of his contract and speaks to Harry Kane about the future and they bring in the right players... I think he will stay at the club. Think about it. Who's going to buy Harry Kane? Manchester City aren't. Manchester United is the only option, I think, in the Premier League. And they're not winning anything either. So, I want to stay at Spurs with a really good coach and, um, you know, things on the up. They're not at United. So, why would you go? Apart from money, Well, does he need it, really? You know, I, I think he'll stay. I hope he'll yeah. stay.
2: Certainly, yeah. Um, Darren, let's come to you. It was a great second half of Spurs. In the first 18 minutes of the second half, we scored three goals um, to put us 2-1 up. Um, assist from Harry Kane to Matt Doherty. Uh, Harry Kane, uh, great ball in. Hoon Min Son missed it. Doherty headed in. Um, you know, I spoke about improvements. I feel, you know, Matt Doherty, he said himself in the last couple of weeks, he has had so much criticism from Spurs fans. But this is a good period under Antonio Conte for Matt Doherty, isn't it? It is indeed. And what I like about Doherty, the person, is he,
0: he holds his head up and goes, the criticism is justified. He's not played very well. And I think he's even had the banter with And he understands that now he's hit a nice, a nice vein of form. He's not, he's not setting the world on fire, but he's hit a nice vein of form. The confidence is coming back into his game. Now, today you had Emerson get a goal, him get a goal. He also supplied the, the, the assist. And you go, yeah. that's going to only help our next game for these guys because confidence, it grows. It, it makes you try better things. It makes you push yourself forward. And we need these guys to show up. And I think Russ alluded to it earlier. The, the guys in the middle of the park have got to trust them on the wing. They've got to trust that I give you the ball, something's going to happen. I think a lot of the time those passes go out there and the move ends. Especially when it's an Emerson, especially when it's a Doherty. Regulon or Surge, there's normally a little something more that happens. But with those two, it sometimes falls apart, or most of the time it falls apart. So today, I think, it was really satisfying to watch as both fans because both of them put in a performance that they can be happy with. They didn't set the world on fire, it wasn't like they ran the game, but they both left the pitch with smiles on their faces, with goals in their belt, going, that's a good game. That confidence into the Villa game, because Mm. they may both be playing that game. We don't know what the regular situation is. We don't know what Session's situation is. So we may have to go with that 11 again. I would take it off the back of that performance because those guys have now bred confidence. And I think what we're seeing in that Spurs lineup right now, which I'm very excited about, is the passing movement. Bentikor, Kulicheski, Kane, Sun, the movement between these guys, it's phenomenal to see. They they're reading each other so well right now, and Kulicheski is a fabulous outball, and I think that's something that we've missed. Sun has been great, and I think Mora, when he he dives off, he really does dive off. And I think we saw when he came on, his will to just run past people and then kick and run. kulicheski got so many more elements to his game. His hold up play, two footed, good passer of the ball, great shot, and I think we have got to remember this guy's twenty one frightening yeah. to think, 21. And I think there was moments today where with, with the evolution of some of those players and the growth of this new-looking Spurs, it really excited me to see how the game progressed and how we managed that game out. We At the at 60th minute, the game was over. Beautiful place to be.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rich, let's come to you. In the 54th minute, Spurs went 3-1 free, free up. Uh, Kuliszewski with the assist, Hunmin Song with the goal, uh, went down the right-hand side, Uh, Hunmin Son uh, took a touch. It seemed so easy, but another great assist from Kuliszewski. Are you surprised on how well he has fitted into this Tottenham Hotspur starting eleven since arriving on the 31st of January?
4: I know Darren isn't. (laughs) I know Darren Darren loved the signing. I remember uh, uh, chatting to Darren about this and um, the two guys that came in brought not only the technical ability, but also the energy as well. And I think that's what... Remember what he says when you talk to him he wants to die for the shirt. he likes the battle he likes the challenge, and that's what Russ was was alluding to about the players that that are in the team. You want those leaders you want those admirals that are really kind of pushing the team on. He's one of those for sure he's got those he's got those attributes that we can we can uh, we can utilize within the team um as you as you see the, the team when they get when we get ahead. We then push on and players like him are, are wanting wanting the ball is and demanding the ball from, from the midfield. I think the difference today is that we we won 5-1. It also shows where in the summer we need to upskill the squad. If 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 Harry's having to drop into that kind of pocket to play those kind of worldy passes, those Hollywood passes that he has been doing, especially that second half, yes, he's done that but it also shows that we need to do something next season to upskill the squad. I was really happy with the display, really happy with the commitment uh, today, but we still
3: got some improvement on the, in the squad. Could I just ask one small question, Chris? Uh, yeah. To Richard. You, you obviously watched it on sky. What what were the panels saying? What did Graham Sooners, a Tottenham boy, of course, start his career at the club. What, what were they saying about the performance and, their chances of the top four?
4: Yeah, so um, obviously uh, a lot of the panellists, obviously Jermaine was on the, uh, the panellist, yeah. Was uh, David, and ironically, um, just before the game, David was asked about who he wants to win. And um, and David said, well, actually, uh, Newcastle are safe now and he obviously wants Spurs to get in the top four. Um, well, I think Graham Souness was more, like obviously looking at the skill set of the squad, can this squad actually get into the Champions Is this squad actually good enough? And um, if I'm thinking to myself about what he actually said, Conte is a top four, at the least, manager, isn't he? He's a a, a premiership winning manager. He expects the teams that he manages to expect the same kind of commitment to push on. I think Graeme was what he was alluding to is, Is the squad actually good enough for Antonio? It's not at the moment. But I think this summer is key. Like you said, Russ, five players I'm looking at. We need to go... um, The board, uh, the owners need to go, look, this is the time that we redeem ourselves when we didn't back Pochettino. This is the time when we do that because it's really key. And also, you look at the amount of players that are on free transfers that potentially we could get in in the summer... They will add value to this squad. I looked at the bench today, and Mora and uh, uh, um, Bergwijn came on, and there were our two little, real weapons. And for Bergwijn to score today, unbelievable! Yeah. Like I said, I said uh, to one of my friends, Bergwijn comes on, scores, make it complete for me today. To be honest, I think yeah. confidence-wise, that's elevated him. And hopefully, the next game when he plays, yeah. he'll do the same again. But we're very light on the, on the actual bench and i think yeah. that's what gray was alluding to you look at the bench and you go lots of younger players with no premier league experience mm. uh, where that's other other squads have got that yeah. experience in the in the uh, all, on the bench so.
3: we all know that antonio conte is a very good football politician and tries to For get sure. what he wants and in certain ways uh, he's talked already about how very, very, very difficult it's gonna to be to get top yeah. into the top four, nearly impossible to do it. This was a couple of weeks ago. It will be a true miracle if it happens. I think he fancies the miracle. In fact I'm bloody certain he does. And then he will use that and he will say Chairman Daniel, a miracle has happened, but it only happens once every thousand years maybe. Now, <laughs> yeah. you your help. If you want another one, I think I yeah. can do it. But you've got to get your money out. Um, and I, I think he's probably saying different things to the squad, though. I think the squad yeah. is, is
4: improving their confidence. Where to the media, he's saying, like you said, this is going to be a miracle. But really, what he's saying to the squad is, I believe we can do this. Yes,
2: hundred percent. Yeah, Russ. The question that you asked Richard there about: um, Did you expect? the media to be quite negative about Tottenham because I feel like a lot of Spurs fans feel like the media are very negative about Tottenham a lot of the time. You work, you
3: work in the media. Do you feel that? They're sneering about Spurs. You know, uh, I've listened to radio programs in the last two or three weeks, you know, Arsenal playing well, Arsenal nailed on for the top four, but who said so? Who said so? Some caller? Yeah. Some, you know, popularist presenter. I mean, hang on a minute. I think, I don't know if I said this to you, Chris, but I absolutely feel that knocking Spurs is, from, is a bit of a national sport. Yeah. And I don't know why. You know, we play good football. We've got a good history. Yes, we haven't won much in the last 20 years. But when Potch was tearing it up with all those young players, everyone was saying, including Graham Sooners, and I'm, I'm not saying that Graham has said bad things about Spurs, but even Roy Keane was saying, they're a fantastic team. They're great to watch. You know, they could win something. Yeah. But yeah. when it's just normal Spurs and we, we have the Spursy moments, you know, it's like everyone has a go at Spurs. Oh, well, it's Spurs. Oh, lads, it's Tottenham. And I don't understand why there is that sort of level of uh, making fun of our club a disrespect to our club. I I don't think we're a dislikable club. I think we could all name clubs that are much more dislikable than us. Yeah, yeah but maybe I'm precious about it. But I do feel that there isn't a, a jumping up and down in the media to even slightly champion what we do. Yeah, you know?
2: yeah I totally agree. Um, Russ, let's stay with you. In the 63rd minute, um, Spurs went 4-1 up. Emerson's goal, Matt Doherty crossed. Uh, He started off with his left foot and crossed it with his right foot. This is what I meant about improvements. You wouldn't have expected this a few months ago, would you?
3: No, and he only just got a touch to it, but hey, got a touch to it and it it went in (laughs) and uh, you could see and it was a great moment. Um, The elation on his face that he put the ball in the back of the net for Spurs and He scored a goal and, you know, the fans were right behind him. It's like Darren was saying earlier, you know, it was a sweet, sweet time to be on that pitch playing for Tottenham today because everyone was behind the team after what initially looked a little bit sort of tricky.
2: Russ, we're going to talk about transfers later on in the show, but I want to ask now, um, and, I, and I feel like I've asked this question a lot over the last couple of years on these shows. Yep. Under Pochettino, when Pochettino improved players, um, you know, do we go out then and sign new players because Pochettino has improved them? Jose Mourinho the same. Antonio Conte is now doing exactly the same. Um, will it be the case that we keep the players that we've got rather than buy new ones? Is Antonio gonna, Conte going to put up with that, or is, or is he going to yeah. demand new players? Oh, yeah.
3: I don't think that he will. I think he recognises and he? he's spoken about Dane Scarlett, isn't he? You know what a terrific player he is and blah, 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 blah. And I'm sure he thinks that, but he needs finished articles to challenge uh, the big clubs in the Premier League yeah. and hopefully in the Champions League. And I, I think that this is the issue now. If, if he can deliver the top four the board and the owners are in a right pickle because they're going to have to give him money or he's going to walk away or just say, what's the point? Look what I've done with this group of players and how I've improved them. Imagine what I can do. If you give me the tools, the extra tools that I want. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think we're all fearful if we're honest, aren't we? Of Which way it'll go. And, I just pray that it goes the way that I want it to go, which is Conte he gets given what he wants. And next season, we have a right good go.
2: Well, on that point, Darren, let's come to you. This has to work, doesn't it? Because um, how, how do you go from Pochettino to Jose Mourinho to Antonio Conte? Where, where, where would you go next if it all went wrong? It can't you, go wrong. You, Chris, you'd have to get the job after this. <laughs> if, if, they don't, if they
0: don't make it work now, they've got to give you the job. hundred percent. I'll, I'll back it up be your assistant. Um, just looking at what we spoke about in there and the board has to back on tape, but I think also there's an idea, like the improvement of some of the players, like we said, how well Davis has played, how well um Dyer's improved, how well Romero and um, Docky e have stepped it up a level. Now I said it during transfer window deadline, when players were coming in and out, and there's an emotional connection that we have with players sometimes. And when they do well, We kind of go, oh, give them more. Give them them another chance. They're, They're improving. They could turn into the flower that we want them to blossom into. I think Conte is one of the only managers in the world who is going to be brutally honest with the board and go, he did all right now, but he's nowhere near the level I need. So he has to go. And I think that is the manager that we need for Daniel Levy, because... Daniel we could dress it up how we want and go, keep him, we'll get someone else, or oh, we need to get a young one to improve. Dame Scarlet's great. Conte's going, I, I think he's great. He's not ready for three years. He's not Conte ready. So Conte's going, I need the man who's ready now so that I can deliver now. Then while he's learning, then he can learn off someone who's even better than him and they all grow. And I think it's essential that that happens. If you look at the two signings that Conte got, Benteco and and the big sweet Like, let's just look at those two. They're just the two that he got in. They instantly improved the eleven. Their, their footballing brain is immense. You look at no disrespects to Harry Winks, Bentecore is light years in a footballing <laughs> brain ahead of him. And that's what has been brought yeah. in. You put Skips next to him, and it's gonna elevate Skips. Skip's a great player, he's a great prospect. He will elevate him. That still doesn't mean that Skip's there. It means now we need to bring someone else in that is at that level, that makes Skip work harder, also makes Bentecourt work harder. And I think that's the level of our squad. We looked at our bench today, and I think, um, Richard, I think you mentioned it, we had Mora, and you had Birtwine on the bench. They were like the two that you knew were going to come on at some point. Bertwine needed to get a goal after what he did on the international break. Mora, for me, he can leave now. I love him to bits, emotionally connected. He'd done great for our Champions League run. But what does he give now? There's not a lot out there for him. He needs to be allowed to move on. And I think this transfer window is going to be really important because we have to not be sentimental. We can't hug the ones that we love and we have an emotional connection with. We've got to go full content mode on this and go, our 11 is nowhere near as good as a City 11. No Nowhere near as good as a Liverpool 11. And our bench needs to be far better than that. We need to have a centre-half that could come in and play. We need to have a centre-midfielder who can come in and play. We need everyone on that bench to be at first-team level. That keeps the first team hungry, keep them working, keep them producing. If you look at the bench and you don't feel threatened by who's there, you can easily drop off. And that's a Tottenham thing. That's when we go Spursy, And we can't do that to ourselves next year.
2: Well, Darren, um, Lucas Moura did give us an assist today. And Stephen Bergvine, of course, scored Tottenham's fifth goal. to um, Moura plays it through. Bergwijn uh, sealed the three points for Tottenham. Rich, let's come to you on this fifth goal. Um, you know, a great combination uh, between the two subs. Is Darren being a little bit harsh, talking about Moura like lot
4: Yeah. Yeah, you are, Darren. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Outrageous! Think, think...
4: I think it, um, more it gives that energy. The, the only thing I, d- I don't like about Lucas, I'm a massive fan of Lucas. Whether it's whether it's scoring in in Amsterdam or or doing what he does naturally on the pitch, I think I think for me, just sometimes just holds to the ball a little bit too long. I think obviously the goal, uh, obviously the pass that he did for uh, bergwan he was a bit unsteady and he kind of it happened to go through to. Uh, to Bergwijn, he had a couple of opportunities after that as well to release the ball a little bit earlier, and I think that's just a little bit of frustration that he has. I know you, want... <laughs> I can see you, David, I can see you, but I'm I'm a big fan of Lucas. I think there's a little bit of frustration there of not obviously getting the game time, um, and we've got so many other things that we need to address in the team. That dead ball, the um, that that number nine in the team, obviously wing backs. And that third centre back obviously will take uh, Davis's position. Um, and I know you love Doherty, Chris, because you got his shirt today. No, no, no. Show uh, everybody uh, the shirt. No, no, no.
2: Show, show everybody the shirt. Show hold on. The shirt. on. Hold on a minute. I, I just think that we need to give credit where it's due because, you know, on, on channels like this, you know, players do get criticised week in, week out. And when, you know, I fully expect Matt Doherty to leave you know, in the summer, and, and like Russ said, you know, we do need improvement, but you know, when players are playing well, and Antonio Conte is getting the best out of some of these players, I feel like we need to talk about it, and uh, you know, rave when, about When them he gives it.
4: you your shirt, when he gives you the shirt, that means Chris, yeah. give me some big up today, that's what it is. That's it. He gave yeah. to you oh, it for the one season, you. and that is to make sure that you don't slate him tonight, that's what it is. He's a clever guy, I like him. I, th-
3: I think uh, on the subject of Lucas and one or two other players, you know, it's like having a wardrobe with uh, 11 of your favourite pairs of jeans in there. Sooner or later, you have to recognise that a couple yeah. of them you are, are a bit worn out now and you get some new jeans in and it might be the case. I mean, I, I, I'll never forget what Lucas did for us in Amsterdam. None of us will. And he's had other moments as well. They're few and far between. And he goes on these wonderful runs and defenders are panicking. And all of a sudden it's a touch too much and loses the ball. Uh, And it's infuriating. Yes, it is, Tarrant. But maybe he might be one of the players. And I think he'd demand quite a reasonable transfer fee that Conte is going to have to be brutal. I mean, he isn't, uh, you know, a happy, clappy children's entertainer, Conte, is he? I mean, he is a serious football manager. And will be ruthless and uh, you know yes matt doherty probably will be going in the summer so thank god you got the shirt (laughs) are you
2: you surprised on you know the love for antonio conte so soon at spurs because you were in the stadium today the love for this guy is just absolutely immense isn't it
3: yeah and he was so cool so italian and cool I think he'd left it till five minutes from the end and then the chant Antonio, Antonio was going around the ground and then he did just go like that. But he wouldn't do it when it was 2-1, 3-1, 4-1, even 5-1. Yeah. Uh, because he's concentrating on the game. And, um, you know, the fans love him and they love him because we can all see what he's trying to do and what he could do as far as taking our club to the promised land. I'm not saying next season we're going to win everything, but yeah. I think we'll be closer in competing. And that's what. We need we... investment, though, don't we? We need investment. Yeah, big time. Yeah, we do.
2: We'll come on to that. R- Russell, I just want to stay with you because you said that Christian Romero was your man of the match, and I completely yeah. agree with you. Um, I want to talk about the, the Spurs defence, you know, the, the back three Romero, Dyer, and Davis. They seem to be a solid unit at the moment,
3: Romero seems to be one hell of a player, doesn't he? Yeah. Is solid good enough? To compete at the highest level. Probably not, obviously. Um, I do think we need to get another quality um, centre-back in. Um, and it probably will be Ben Davis, who's been a good servant to our football club, who will either be a squad player or will move on. Uh, because you, you, you can't just expect Romero and Eric Dyer to do an awful lot of the work, if you like, that makes the difference. And Romero certainly is is an unbelievable signing for us. Uh, but we're, we're definitely going to need another top, top, top quality centre-back if we're going to compete um, with but, the Ripper. But, B-
2: but B- ben, B- ben Davis is one of those ones much improved under Conte as well, Russ.
3: Yeah, I know. But, you know, maybe he puts a fear of God into them. Maybe he <laughs> inspires them. Um, maybe they buy into what he's doing. But that's okay. Yeah, it comes down to natural talent and ability. And Ben Davis, incidentally, as we know, is an international footballer and has had some great times with Wales uh, and may be in for more great times, maybe even playing England, who knows, in the World Cup. But if you look at the other top, top centre-backs of the big clubs, would Ben Davis be in their back three? No.
4: I also so. think you need to think about what the, the players actually need offer the team as well, as well as being a great centre-back, maybe a threat in the air or or that kind of pushing the ball through the lines or those kind of diagonal balls or whatever. I think you, in a modern-day uh, back three, I think you need to offer a little bit more than just be a 7 out of 10. Yeah.
2: Well, he, he scored our first goal, Rich. What more do you want? I know, yes, I know. I knew you'd say that. I was
4: waiting for that. I just knew you'd say that. Have you got his shirt as well?
2: My God, I, I, I don't know what I can say to Richard and Russ about, you know, cheer, cheering you up about Emerson and Romero and yeah. Doctors. You know, what more do you want from these players today?
3: When did he last? Well, before today, when did he score a goal, Russ? Yeah, that, was, that
2: wasn't under Antonio Conte, Russ, was it? No. That's, that's what I'm saying. I think that he's improved a number of players. You know, he's put a lot more into a lot of these players' games, which I, I think is... Absolutely fantastic. We've got eight cup finals left, and hopefully he can, you know, instill a little bit more into these players to get us over the line and get the top four. But it will be interesting, and that's why I was going to come on to um, talking about the summer, because you know, will the board say, Well, if you're gonna get the best out of some of these players, why have them leaving? Why have new players come in? Do you think that will happen? Um, Darren, let's come to you on that question. I think what
0: everyone just kind of spoke about there was really interesting because
2: you look at Ben Davis and he looks
0: better than he's looked for a while. And I think there's a number of factors in that. One is Conte. Two, the fact that he's playing in the position that he played for Wells, because he's comfortable as a back three. It's a position that yeah. he knows well. Also, he was leggy as a left back. He he doesn't have the legs to do that role anymore. But he's got a football intelligence as a centre-half of a three that worked. And Conte likes the left foot, his centre-half. Now, when you talk about would he get into the bigger size in the league? I think that is the mentality to hold on to for this next summer window. Because that Mora conversation there was really interesting. Richard, you spoke about how he frustrates you. He wants to run too much with the ball. You can see that Mora played with so much passion, but then he doesn't use that all the time. And that's a problem because even the Wine goal, if he's honest with himself, he won't pass him. Burtwine signaled twice and then he got kicked yeah, yeah. and then he played the pass. He wasn't going to give it. And I think that's, in our front three, the way I look at it for our squad going forward, if you look at Man City's squad, if you look at the teams that are competing on all planes, which Conte is definitely going to want to do next season. He wants to go for everything. He needs to look at his bench and his 11 and know that it's strong. And right now, our 11 is holding on by Conte's magic right now. The miracle is happening in front of us. Emerson Roll, Doherty scored and got assists today. They look like players. But that magic will only last, like Cinderella, it only is going to last till 12 o'clock. And then they will go back to their old routine. So in this moment, let's use this window to get a good fee for them and then bring in the ones that Conte wants. Because he's so intelligent as a manager. He plays every ball with us. He can see what Russ alluded to at the beginning. The boys don't trust giving the ball out wide at the beginning. They weren't confident in those players. So they need to have that confidence in them. And I think leaving then has to have the confidence in Conte's vision to bring in the right players. And I think there is so many bits of this summer that is going to be immense. Because I think what you're saying, Chris, about the improvement, skills, I totally see that. And I'm glad to could be improvement now. However, it can work in our favour that suddenly Doherty looks like a player that someone would want to buy. Last At the end of the early season, no one was going to buy Docherty. Like I couldn't even have drove him anywhere to get him a sell. Like, take him to a car boot sale and I'd have come back with him. Now, you look like someone's going to put in a bid because they go, he's actually a player. I see what he can produce. And I think that's the magic of Conte right now. And now he needs to be fully backed to get the squad that he wants. And then I honestly, I'm excited. If we back him... I'm going to be so excited for the new season. So, so excited. Yeah.
4: I just think that you can't address every issue and problem in one window. That's the thing. Oh, that's,
1: yeah. I, I, totally yeah, that's agree. why. I just totally. think the Mora
4: situation might be something that it doesn't exactly happen straight away. I think there's, there's, there's far bigger fish that we need to look at. I think um, also the reason why, why I, I flagged level. that up
0: though, the reason why I flagged up the Moura thing is because right now, if you look at Kane's new play, like you alluded to, he's dropping deeper because there isn't that creative midfielder there so he's doing that work. When he does that, he needs to know he's got runners. Kulicheski and Son have provided Kane with that outball all the time. It's a beautiful link-up. The the, the intuition is there. Like the one that Kane did on the half-volley, oh my life. What a ball. But he trusted that Kulicheski was there. And I think with Mora, and Burtwine, there's not that trust that's been built up in terms of confidence of, I trust you, you trust me, we understand each other's game well enough. Bertwine and Mora are what I call passion players. When Bergwijn's angry, he plays really well. Would you sell them both then? Right now, in this window, if we got offers for both, I would let both go. And the reason why I say that that is because...
4: man. I think Bergwijn's a player. I was going to come on to that. Rich, yes, Rich Bird tell,
2: Bird. Tell, tell me what your, your thoughts are about Stephen Bergvine. Of course, he come on uh, you know, and scored the the fifth goal for Spurs today. He's had an excellent international break. We've seen him earlier this season, scoring against West Ham at home, assisting against West Ham. A couple of goals at Leicester as well. Uh, you know, a couple of other good moments. Would you keep Stephen Bergvine at the club if he wanted to yeah, be here?
4: Yeah, I'd keep him. I think um, he's, he's a confident... The thing is, though, his confidence has been smashed. That's, the, that's his problem. And... Um, he he might he might have been one of those players that we sent um out alone and then brought back full of confidence. But he's actually got his confidence on international duty. He's gone away and he scored three goals and come back. Where obviously the two boys that we did send out, the Celso and then Belle, I think those are the guys I'd sell. I'd get rid of those two, and reap the money f- from them and then I'd probably keep Mora and Bergwine um as, as that kind of rotational squad players. I just think Um, Bergwijn's not shown his best yet I know he's been with us for a while now but Covid's obviously had a massive impact and and also confidence Um, we're not at that kind of Man Man City Liverpool level of kind of going we can actually get certain players and I think we we need to build into that Um, Conte Conte will make those decisions I I believe he'll make the right decisions around those kind of fringe players Um, I do think we need to but I say today, Sonny, the first half was weak, and I just think he's got nobody pushing him for that that starting position. We need to have like like you yeah. said, Darren, I don't know you've pointed out. I, mean, I know you said, and we need to have players that are pushing him for his starting spot. I understand that, but we can't be doing that. Um, we can't be getting rid of six or seven players in the summer and then expecting six or seven players to come in. And then I think what what we did in the last window, we got two quality players in fit straight in the team. The cohesion around the squad was brilliant. We need to do the same again. I think probably three or four, not two, in the summer, and maybe shift three or four of those players out. Not as radical as, as some of the fans want, but three or four would make the difference.
0: Oh, I totally agree. I'm for me, I'm I don't I don't know where the ins and outs are gonna come. I don't know where the junction points are going to be and where the sliding doors will be. However, that some point for me is where I really look at what happens at Tottenham right now is the competitive nature of our starting eleven and our bench. And you said we're not Man City yet and we're not Liverpool. and But I think this is our first opportunity, especially in a transfer window, to really capitalise on the momentum of a Conte. We have a manager that is world-renowned, that players of a level that we have sometimes struggled to get through the door will go, I will play for Conte. I will travel because he's there. If he's at Tottenham, that's a project I want to be a part of. And that is a moment that I really feel we can capitalize. There are so many quality players on a free this transfer window. There are so many individuals that are going to want to move because the World Cup is about to come. This is a transfer window where negotiations are really up for it. So it could be that more slide in and out than normal, but I don't want to predict who would go and who wouldn't. But I wouldn't what I'm saying about the Mora and Burtwine thing is. I wouldn't be upset if either or both of them win. I think Burt Wine, I've always been a big fan of his because I believe that confidence is something that he needed. And like you quite rightly said, international duty was great for him. He got his confidence. But unfortunately, he's not better than Kulicheski or Son. So he comes back knowing I'm going to sit on the bench. And that's such a difficult mentality to have going, as well as I play over there, I'm not better than them. So I'm going back to the bench. And if he really pushes himself, he could be a man to give him a challenge, but I don't think he's doing enough for me. and Amora, no. uh, I can't, I can't. I love him. And if, Thank you for the memories, but you gotta go, man. You gotta go. I've just
4: seen, I've just seen in the comments as well, which I, I forgot that more is actually thirty as well. So maybe oh. age-wise, they might push him, push him on if, he, if obviously
2: if the money's see? right. I know what time it is, man. <laughs> Let's come to you. Now, Darren mentioned Liverpool and Manchester City there. And, of course, Antonio Conte, world-class manager, he's used to spending money, he's used to winning things, he's won everywhere, he's gone, serial winner. Um, I'm expecting a huge summer. Um, You know, Richard said it's unlikely that, you know, loads of players are going to go out the door, loads of players are going to come in the door, but he wants to win things, he wants to challenge for the title. What, realistically, in your opinion, will Spurs do in the summer and what will we be competing for? You know, could could we, you know, is it ridiculous to say, could we be challenging for the Premier League? You know, could Tottenham, you know, really go out in the summer and do some serious business?
3: Um, Yeah, they could, of course. Um, You know, uh, he is brilliant football sellotape, Conte. Look what he's done with our squad of players. They're all together, nice and tight. He wants a soldering iron, doesn't he, in the summer? to make something permanent. I, what, what I think the issue with Conte will be, and it was really interesting, Darren saying, you know, these players on freeze are available. Of course, they'll, they'll want to come and play for Antonio Conte. But imagine the discussion. Player A says, uh, Antonio, I'd love to come. Well, Paratici says, we'd like you to you know, two-year, two three-year contract. Yeah, but Antonio is only signed up till one more season. So that's got to be addressed by the club and Antonio Conte as well. I think it's a really important element of everything that's going to happen. Um, But let's assume, for the benefit of your question, Chris, that he stays and he brings in uh, certainly a centre-back, somebody in midfield who is a ball winner and a really experienced player, uh, a striker. And let's just throw this in maybe you'll bring in a goalkeeper. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Would that be enough to challenge for the Premier League? No, but it might guarantee us another top four place minimum and maybe a bit of fun if we have a good run and it might see us uh, to do well in the Champions League and, you know, financially. That is part of what the club wants. We've got the stadium for Champions League football, NFL, pop concerts, Premier League. The Champions League for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club financially is absolutely critical given the amount of money that they lost in COVID. Uh, Like a lot of other companies and and football clubs and sporting organisations did. So I would expect if Tottenham don't get in the top four to get in the top four next season and maybe have a bit of a tickle for a while, and who knows? Uh, if we do get into the Champions League, I think the incomings are going to be very interesting conversation with Antonio Conte, even more interesting between him and the club and Fabio Paratici, and I think that that really could be something special if that scenario happens. But would if you asked him Conte... Do you expect to win the Premier League next season if he gets the tools that he wants? He'd say yes. He would say yeah. yeah. It's what he's like.
2: Do you think he'd be happy just to finish in the top four next season, though, Russ? Because surely he's here to win. He's a born winner, and you know every uh, you know great journalist I've spoke to they've actually said you've got to give Antonio Conte the keys. You give him the keys, he's going to produce the results. Mm.
3: Well, when he was at Inter, he said Romano Lukaku, give me him. I'll win the title. And he did. So we have to assume that those sort of conversations are happening, will happen, have happened already, exactly what is needed. Then it comes down to the simple decision um, and the economics of it all and and whether people want to back him. Mm -hmm. Um, And he won't hang around if they don't. And, you know, look at what's going on at Manchester United. You've got several pundits all saying, oh, Conte would be perfect for Manchester United. Well, they probably thought of that, haven't they, as well? Yeah. We're in possession of the Conte shirt, and we've got to keep it.
2: Yeah. Darren, do you expect Conte to be fully backed? Boy, do I... I've got... My heart says yes. <clears throat> My head is sceptical. It really is sceptical. I ask that question because surely he's come in to um, Tottenham mid-season. It's the first ever time he's managed a club mid-season. He, he loves the pre-season. He's all about the pre-season. So he comes in, replaces Nuno Espirito Santo. Um, you know, lots of people thought that Spurs would never, ever be anywhere near the top four. Yes, we're in the top four now. Yes, Arsenal have two games in hand and we've got eight games left. There's a long way to go. Lots still to do. But if he got Spurs into to the top four, he only come out a week or so ago and said that he, it would be a huge achievement. It would be like Spurs winning the Champions League if we finish in the top four, surely, you know, he would then go to the board and say, look, I have produced this, you know, uh, you know, he said, he's not a magician. I think he is, you know, with, with what he's got and he, you know, he's working with these group of players that, you know, a lot of Spurs fans have been unhappy about. He's getting them to play football. He's getting them to produce these results. And we're sitting in the top four. He's got to be back properly, hasn't he? That's our passion
0: Spurs fans. That's our hearts talking. As Russ alluded to there, if our board mentality is purely about the financial safety of the team in terms of the Tottenham brand, they're not going to fully back him because they'll back him to a point that keeps us financially stable in their eyes. But right now, that doesn't work for us fans because we want, as you always want, Chris, we want the trophies, we want the accolades, we want the team to be able to go on all fronts, like Conte would want. And I think that's why this period is such a massive one, because we have the manager who everyone knows, Give him the tools he will produce. This isn't a time to bargain with him. This isn't a time to go, oh, I don't want that one. I'm going to give you this one. This ain't the market. This isn't the guy to do that with. He will walk. And as all the pundits are alluding to, Man United want somebody. And if the summer is a place where we play silly games, we will lose a manager. And we'll lose the best opportunity we've had for a decade to kind of really push on now. We've been floating around and this is time to go. Let's be real about the pitch. I think I've said this before. We're a great brand. We have a beautiful stadium. We have a beautiful system now in place that makes our franchise and our business level amazing. Now, let's deal with the pitch. The players on the pitch, the the fundamentals on the pitch need addressing. And my heart is willing. Is to be the transfer window where we all get what we've all spoken about today. A manager gets the full backing that he needs, and the squad gets the improvement that he needs. And I'm, I'm always scared when I know Daniel Lee is in control because that's not what they care about. And I just hope, I hope, I pray, I cross it all, i wear the same pants for a week, whatever I need to do to make this happen, where the ball goes. <laughs> let's see what the fans want. Let's go fan focus, let's give them what they want on the pitch. Give Conte what he needs. It, it has to be, Chris. It has to be.
2: Darren, lots of rumours and reports have been published in the last few days about West Bromwich Albion goalkeeper Sam Johnston. Um, would you be happy if Spurs signed him? 100%. Absolutely, 100%. That's the kind of
0: idea that I'd go, that makes sense. Because he's a great pair of hands. He's, he's a keeper that would definitely benefit from being a year with Larissa as well. And then we'll definitely kick on. And that makes sense. In the goalkeeping department, that would definitely make sense for me. There have been lots of rumours now. And this is the hardest point I find being a Spurs fan. As we go toward the end of the season and the transfer rumour mill kicks in. Because we get linked with everybody. All the wonders of the world get linked with us. And now, I'm not getting excited until I see him holding up a shirt. Don't care who you tell me is coming. I'm going to stay like this until no. I see him hold a shirt.
2: Rich, let's come to you. Um, Now, let's talk about the top four. Um, Do you think that Spurs can finish in the top four? We've got eight games left. Aston Villa away, Brighton at home, Brentford away, Leicester at home, Liverpool away, Burnley at home, final day of the season, Norwich away, and then, of course, that um, rescheduled game, Arsenal at home, which is going to be an absolutely huge game. So, four games at home, four away. What is your gut telling you at the moment?
4: Well, I obviously have kind of day one especially around the kind of Nuno period was top five would be a miracle um, we can obviously get in the top four we can obviously get in the top four I think um, it's going to be between us and the Gunners um, they've got more difficult um, fixtures for sure um, and I think that's where they're going to drop points I think it might come down to when we've got them but our place. I think it will will actually boil down to that game. Um, And what a game that will be. What a game that will be. Um, I want us to be in the top four. I'm praying that we can get in that position. We just need to kind of keep this intensity up moving forwards. I think in the past, the very inconsistent play, especially away from home when it's wet and windy and some of the players just haven't really turned up. We need to kind of maximise this opportunity now. Maximise the coach, his experience. The players need to believe that it's possible, and it is all about the fans getting behind the players at the home games, and then hopefully the away games. The players, I said, grind out those one-nil, um, one-nil wins because it's. I, I actually I looked at the result, the fixtures uh, today. And I was, like, looking at the other teams with the other fixtures they had. And I think we can win on, we, we can win all our home games. We just need to be consistent away from home. That's where we're going to slip up. Away from home. And like we did against Burnley, going back to that game, I just watched that game and I went, that is our season. And we don't want to be yeah. one of those teams that falls down a cold Thursday evening. At, was it Turf Moor? <clears throat> and losing 1-0. And I'm, like, yeah. going come on, we can do this for sure. In my heart, I'm saying we can finish top four. In my kind of my head, I'm saying fifth, which I've done all season. So hopefully I'm wrong.
2: Russ, before we uh, talk about the top four and where you think Spurs will finish, I just wanted to come back to you on the Antonio Conte point. Um, Surely Conte can't start as Spurs manager at the start of next season just with that, you know that final year left on his contract. Surely that yeah. that has to be sorted out in the summer.
3: If you were the owner, you would say to him, Antonio, you want us to commit to you with a lot of money and make yeah. it happen. You have to commit to us. It's a simple conversation.
4: Ross, do you think the Italy job would come into the frame as well? I was thinking well, like the other the that the think, day. Do you think the
3: Italy job? You never, never go back. You never go back to. Do you? you don't think you'd go back to. I think a the, job. No, I don't, Richard. I think the Premier League is where it's at. And, uh, you know, it suits him living in London from his time at Chelsea. He's obviously got connections, maybe a property, who knows? And I think it suits him. But it comes back to what he's going to be. A, you know, I've talked about it earlier, a difficult conversation that hopefully isn't going to be difficult. It's going to be, sure. And I think if we are top four, it becomes a lot easier on both sides. Do
2: you think he'll wait until we've spent the money, <laughs> before or after?
3: No, I think he'll want his say. I think he yeah. will want his say. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. Russ, let's talk about the top four. Um yes. Are you how confident are you that Spurs will finish in the top four? What 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 are you thinking? Because you know when you look at our fixtures left, as yeah. I said, Aston Villa, Brighton, Brentford, Leicester, Liverpool, Burnley, Norwich, Arsenal, um, some difficult games in there.
3: Brentford away is a difficult game, I think, for us. Um, I was pretty confident yesterday that we could finish in the top four. But after seeing how Chelsea performed against Brentford at home, you have to ask whether all the problems uh, surrounding the club are beginning to affect the biorhythms, if you like, of Chelsea Football Club, as enjoyable as us Spurs fans would find that to be. I don't think it's a given now uh, that they would beat Arsenal or ordinarily I think seven, eight times out of ten, they would uh, just on quality and experience. So that is a game that worries me now that Arsenal might get a result. But I think absolutely crucially to set the tone is tomorrow night at Crystal Palace. And as we know, we went there. It was another, wasn't it, Richard, of those disappointing away games where we really didn't turn up. Uh, and I think Crystal Palace now under Patrick Vieira is turning out to be a terrific manager, Uh, and I'm sure he's going to go on to great things with the bigger clubs, all due respect to Palace. Um, I think if Palace play at home like they can, and uh, if the likes of McGregor and, and, and Saha turn up, they can make tomorrow really difficult for Arsenal. I have a suspicion it might be a draw, but that will suit us, and then... We have to go to Aston Villa. And I I think if we go to Aston Villa and we won there, I'd start believing, like Richard, that the away form might be okay. Uh, But it's always a worry. But look, we won there in the last minute last season. So let's hope it happens again. I'm going to tell you fourth.
2: Wow. Okay. Okay. Well I was going to ask you Russ, do do you think that fourth spot is between Spurs and Arsenal? Do you think that any other clubs are going to have a say in it? Um of course West Ham a sixth, they've got 51 points from 31 matches, Manchester United a seventh, they've got 51 points from 30 matches. Um Arsenal as you said, tomorrow night play Crystal Palace, next week they've got Brighton at home. Um you know, then they play Southampton, Chelsea, Manchester United, West Ham, Leeds, Newcastle, Everton.
3: Is it between Spurs and Arsenal that fourth spot? think it is but if united suddenly went on a miracle run and turned up at the emirates needing to win uh, then i think it, it could be very difficult for them but but west ham they're probably concentrating a little bit even if they don't realize it themselves or admit admit it you know on european football and maybe winning a european trophy any any of those clubs, West Ham and Man United, Arsenal and Spurs, can get in the top four if the results go your way. Uh, yeah. But in pole position to challenge for it, it's us and Arsenal, and Arsenal obviously with their game in hand after tomorrow. And we're all praying that something happens in our favour. Um, I think it is just the two clubs that will compete, but I don't think it's going to be the North London derby that decides it. I think Tottenham will win that, obviously. (laughs) Love it. Darren,
2: what about you? I know you've been confident these last few months saying that Conte will get us into the top four. Do you still believe that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm still strong on the four.
0: I'm still saying it, top four. And I have to because I'm seeing all the evidence there, the way we're performing, the way the results are. Also, looking at everyone around us. There are so many elements there that are up in the air. You've got our neighbours who... They're, they're still up and down as well with must have little purple patch. They believe they've got very tricky games to come up. Man United don't have a clue right now. And it's beautiful to see them being in a bit of a hot mess right now. That plays into our favour. And West Ham are going to focus on Europe right now. And their squad is not as large as everybody else's. So having those two games in a week is going to take its toll on them. And hopefully that will keep us and our neighbours in the running, uh, the top two going for it, and I believe that we can do them. I believe I, I, I'm a strong believer in it. I've said it all along. I ain't changing my ways now. Top four, let's have it.
2: <laughs> Darren, <sighs> talking about the talking about the transfer window. Um, is there any particular players that you would like to see in a Spurs shirt next season? And I, I, I'll, I'll come to all of you on that question.
0: You know what? I've um then I've done it. Like I think I um I mentioned like um Basuma, like at Brighton like a player of that ilk that I'd love to have put on a Spurs shirt. I think this transfer window, I've got to kind of look at it strategically and go, where where are the big improvements needed to be? Where's the big step up? And right now, for me, it's left on right wing back. That's the position that I think if we didn't get a centre-half, I wouldn't be too upset because we've got three there that work well as a team and then you can build around that and I get the idea. So I'm not going to be Santa's not coming and he's opening up everything. It's going to be a process. So Right now, I would. Oh, I'm looking at a right right wing back. That's that's me. That's the the position that I'm in the most need for. But then the excited me goes. There's some great players on free transfer right now, and I'm looking at <laughs> someone like like is uh, still out there. Like what what are we talking? Let's make something happen. Like you got you got a Bell vision. Gareth Bell talking about he may need to get some game for a World Cup. Let's bring him back. Like there's there's so many fantasy moments that. I feel like I'm in fantasy football mode right now, where we really have the potential to do a big deal. And I think right now, I I can't pick a player, and this is not like me to not pick a player, but I think this could be a transfer window where we get that moment that we spoke about back in the day when the Van der Vaart signing happened, when we got the Klinsmann signing happened. I feel that this window has the potential for that signing to be real for Spurs. it it can happen because we've got the Bentikos and we've got the Kulicheskis that snuck under the radar. They were on my radar, but they snuck under most people's radars. I think this transfer window, as I think Russ alluded to it before, Conte knows who he wants. Not just the area, he will tell you the player. He knew he wanted Lukaku. He spoke about, back in the day going, he wanted Giroud and people like that. He knows the mould of the player and the player who's out there that will fit his mould. And if we do that, if Conte wants them, then I want them. That's the feeling I'm going with. And I think the big ones can happen this transfer window. So I've skipped a question, Chris. I haven't put a person
2: in, but I believe that we can have the real big unveiling this summer if we do it right. Okay, a, qu- a quick yes or no then, Darren. Christian Eriksen, would you have him back on a free transfer in the summer? No. And I'll tell you why. I love
0: what he's doing at uh, uh, Bradford. I love what he's doing right now. I am scared of his heart. That is me. I am scared. So I I'm worried because I don't know how much football's in him right now. And I don't want to get sentimental. He left Spurs and he wanted to go and win things. And now he's available as a free. I don't know. I don't know. He won the right league now, under Conte. Available. Say again. He won the league under Conte. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm gonna go on that as well. I was just about to say that. Conte knows what he can get out of him and there's a love there. But right now, I don't know if Erickson right now is in, you know, when you have a resurgence of life and you get that energy, you look great for a minute. I don't know if he's going to still look great. Remember, Ericsson can't take a a free kick either or a corner for Spurs. Let's not get blindsided that he's going to come back and be amazing. He has dips for us as well. And I don't want to fall into that honeymoon, magical, lovey-dovey Spurs. I want to be real. They're a better option than a Christian Eriksson. He's only going to be short-term. And I don't want to be short-term. I want to go for it properly. He's only going to give us a season max if we brought him back. So I think Conte also is not really going to want him. I don't think he does because I think he's a short fix. And
2: yeah, I, I don't want it.
0: You might, you lot may all disagree with me. Yeah. I'm happy to be
2: disagreed with. No, but I don't I've been told. It. I've been told. Rich, what are your thoughts on the uh, the transfer window? Who would you like to see in a Spurs shirt next season?
4: Wow, there's loads of loads of options, isn't there? It's just whether. Conte's Conte's here to, to be able to get the players that he wants and, and just look to not just the names, but also what they add to the team. I think that's really important, like Darren said. Um, and we need to think, um, not with our heart, but with our head, regarding the players. It's really important. Um, Ericsson might be an option for the summer, but the, like Darren said, again, um, there'll be maybe more long-term Options. If he's look, if Conte is looking for a quick fix because the player that he wants the season down the line is not available, then maybe Ericsson. But um, as as we know with the contract that Conte is on, he wants readily made players now. So that would make a difference. I think wing backs clear. I think uh, also that centre back, that number nine would be the, would be the, um, would be the four players that I'd look towards. Um, I don't think Sam Johnson's good enough. Um, I think again we'd have to look for somebody that would um, have competition for Hugo in goal. Um, I think he's had an indifferent season. A couple of a couple of games he's been really world class, and then he's had some clangers this year more than the past, especially since he signed his extension of his contract. Um, he needs uh, some competition. Um, I'm not sure Sam Johnson's the guy, but I think they might go for a homegrown keeper uh, to give him competition. Um, Going back to your question, I think it just depends on what uh, Antonio wants and uh, the board needs to get behind him. Uh, Whether he's a free transfer or £50 million, we need to really back the manager. But I think, what's alluded to, the manager needs to commit to show confidence when the players are signing uh, those deals, for sure.
2: Russ, you very kindly come on this channel in the January transfer window and we spoke about transfers at length. And I think we had this conversation of me saying that the last time I was really excited about Spurs signing a player was back in 94 when we signed Klingsman. And of course, you worked for Soccer AM, um, you know, back in the day. Um, When was the last time that you were excited about Spurs signing? And do you think this summer we may get that moment again where we're all wowed in in getting a
3: world-class signing? There's a good chance if if Antonio stays uh, that we could get a really uh, big signing. I'm trying to think back. Um, as, you know, a signing that maybe go, wow, well, Van der Vaart was was one yes. and it, it turned out, turn out to be great. Klinsman, obviously. Um, do you know Gascoigne more than that, to be fair, going back? Because I, I was living in Newcastle and had seen him in the flesh and uh, knew what a special talent he was. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm also the same. I'm not going to sit here as sort a of reel-out name to who I'd like to see in our team. There was one that came to mind, an older player, who I think might suit and compare with Name, which is Perisic, Ivan Perisic from Inter. He's, the way he plays with that tenacity and he's got the experience, he's an older player and he knows Conte, somebody like that added to the squad might be good Uh, whether he gets started in place I don't know, but we definitely definitely need to address the areas that we've talked about already and I'm assuming uh, that they will have identified uh, may even be talking to parties at the moment and you know, in Antonio and and Fabio we trust I, I don't know whether we trust the chairman yeah. Would you prefer in, in, um, it, you know, it, and I mean that in the nicest possible way? The form isn't good with making transfer money available without wasting it, and we've done that a lot over the recent years, Russ. Would you prefer Premier League experience,
2: um, rather than going you know around Europe or, or around the world to get new players in? Because one, one player that a number of Spurs fans keep mentioning, James Ward prowse of Southampton, and of course, yeah. A, a, a specialist set set piece taker. Would would you take him?
3: Uh, what? Well, yeah, I mean he he would improve our squad at Tottenham if he came in. Of course he would. I tell you one player who's I'm going to mention, and this is a bit of a curve ball: Dominic Calvert Lewin from Everton as a, another striker coming in. Because yep. when when he when he was really good for Everton, got himself in the England squad they were playing really good football. And, you know, that is the confidence. They're in the right place, these strikers. We'd have to have the delivery, wouldn't we, though? I think for him, he needs the delivery. He he does need the good crossing. And, you know, the other bits of the jigsaw, you're quite right, Richard, have to come together. But it was just a name that uh, floated into my head. You know, but... I feel as how I'm, you know, I'm married to Spurs. I can't look at other people's wives and girlfriends, you know. But until that, the <laughs> romantic, I'll do that.
2: <laughs> last question for you, all. of course. In the last couple of days, the the World Cup draw came out. Um, England have been drawn against USA, Iran, and either Wales, Scotland, or Ukraine. Russ, let's stay with you on this one. Um, how how do you expect England to get on in the World Cup? And What do you make of it being played in Qatar? Um, during the months of November and December. It's going to seem strange, isn't it?
3: Yeah, really strange. I mean, I wasn't a fan of the World Cup like most people going to Qatar because of the murky way that it was dealt out, you know. Uh, I mean, that whole World Cup draw, drawing out Qatar eight years ahead, is it, you know, like they did. A, look, it, it may be a great World Cup. Uh, it's, you know, it's good to try new things, um we'll see how we go obviously there's some issues that people like uh excuse me a second i'm gonna just cough one there's uh excuse me um there are some issues that people like gareth southgate have spoken about very well and other people that i think we're all aware of i did find it disturbing to read that a a, a pint of beer is about going to be a minimum of nine pounds out there so uh, wow. good luck with that one folks uh, but as far as the football goes England will definitely get out of the group um, and the project says with Gareth Southgate you know a semi a final minimum of a semi-final berth I think I will be expecting maybe I'm living in a dream world I don't know but I I, I think with the players he's got as long as he's learned from the Croatia semi-final where he got it so badly wrong, um, as long as he's learnt that when you go 1-0 up in a major final, it's quite a good idea not to sit on it, especially against the Italians, it won't be there yeah. and actually go for a second goal or a third and the game's over at half-time, be brave. Um, I think England can definitely get to the semi-finals and then, as we all know it really, anything can happen. Uh, but they'll have a couple of tricky teams to play, maybe Brazil, Argentina, but we shouldn't be frightened of them
2: at all. Darren, same question to you. Um, You know, Because I support Spurs, I support England as well, and I go to most England games. And, of course, I was at the Euro uh, 2020 final against Italy. I thought, I'm finally going to see a trophy. I'm finally going to see England (laughs) win a trophy. And then, of course, it all went wrong. Um, What do you expect England to do in the World Cup? You know what? What do I expect? I
0: expect England to, uh, I'm I'm with Ross there, I'm expecting a semi-final at least from the level that England have in their squad and with the group that they have, that's a really straightforward group to navigate through and then it's the luck of the draw of who you get from the the bigger sides of like your Argentina, your Brazils. However, everyone's there to be beat. Everyone's there to be beat. So I expect with Southgate's squad that he's got the the tools he's got available, he manages it. With the learning that he's learned from the lessons of gone before, hopefully he has a good World Cup. My thing, always bringing it back to Spurs, is I always get concerned during World Cup times because the transfer window afterwards, we make some r- horrendous signings, <laughs> and it drives me insane. The Musa sosoko signings, the the Gheorghe sign signings, the the signings go. What are we doing? Why are we doing this to ourselves? The Dominguez signings. What are we doing? And that's when I get. Concerned is what happens uh-huh. afterwards to our beloved Spurs. But so, Darren,
3: Jika um, yeah. Popescu scored the winning goal in a North London derby. Worth yeah. every penny.
0: And then yeah. what did he do? <laughs> Nothing.
3: Freezing cold night. I remember it. Oh, dear. anyway,
0: yeah. and that and that is what we do, us lovely sentimental Spurs fans. We justify the signings because yeah. David Bentley scored a worldie in in a in a, in a game against our neighbours. But other than that, he just drove a Bentley, and that's what drives being saying. Is that yeah. we end up with those kind of moments. We love yeah. them for it for forty-five yeah. minutes, ninety minutes, but then they do nothing else. So I'm hoping the back end of the World Cup, always keeping it Spurs, that we don't go and do ridiculous business and get crazy over a wonder kid who has five minutes of fame. But England, yeah, this is a World Cup, definitely to be won. And, all Qatar, mm, it's going to be interesting viewing.
2: Rich, do you think England can win the World Cup and Harry Kane can lift the trophy? I
4: don't know. I, I don't know. I actually don't know. Um, I think they've obviously got some, uh, some great tools in the squad. They've got lots of experience now, uh young players, energy, uh, some of the, the striking options have gone a bit off the ball. Uh, Sandro and uh, Rashford, that a couple of years ago, I'd, I'd be like shoo-ins for the squad. Um, I want to ask you a question there, Chris. Uh, England to win the World Cup or Spurs to win something next season?
2: Spurs always.
4: There you go. There you go. There you go. I knew you'd say that as well. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. And that's what I'd say as well, as somebody that's passionate about Putting on that GB vest, going to the Paralympics and winning gold medals, but I, yeah, love my club. Um, watching England, I've got an affinity to watch England, and I want them to do well. But I want Spurs to win. So,
2: so, so, England, so, are you saying, Rich, that you you'd prefer Spurs to win a trophy than you to win a a personal medal?
4: But I've already won. I've already won two Paralympic gold medals. I've already done that. <laughs> 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 Mate, I'd love I'd love to to see Spurs win at least the FA Cup and to challenge for the Premier League next season. Um but oh I, I said that a couple of years ago with Pochettino and, and I I was a massive Pochettino fan. But then like emotionally now I've kind of gone actually like Jamie Redknapp said, he's a serial loser. Do you know what I mean? But I want I want Spurs to win something next year. Yeah. But it starts with fourth this season.
2: No. Um, I know I said that was the final question. Um, This really is the final question. Score prediction for the Aston Villa game on Saturday. Rich, let's start with you.
4: Well, I think it's going to be, it might be like a last minute thing. Like um, last year, maybe 1-0, 2-1. Um, I think it's going to be tight. They've not actually gone through a great uh, run of form, have they? Um No. You look at what they've played recently and um, the thrown away results. Um, I think the players that came in uh, flattered to deceive a little bit. Coutinho, he's been okay. Um, I know we talked about Coutinho maybe should have come to us with Dinya, But I don't know. They just flattered to deceive a little bit. I think um, it'd be very similar to the game today where the first half will be quite cagey and then the second half will... Uh, the result, the, the score will determine how the second half goes. But I think we're 2-1. i go 2-1 away win.
2: Ralph, you going for a Spurs win?
3: Yeah, just before that. Uh, well, maybe not, actually. Um, I'm really sorry to say this, that I would take England to win the World Cup next season than Spurs win anything. That's just the way I am. So, um, <laughs> hopefully both. Let's be greedy. Come on. Um, yeah. I, I've got a feeling that uh, that lot are going to draw at best tomorrow night, and I think we'll get a draw at Aston Villa, and so it'll be as you are. I'd love us to win, but I can. They, as Richard was saying, they've been on a little shaky bit of form, and I think Steven Gerrard will uh, have them fired up, and uh, we'll know that we're not so brilliant away from home, or so he thinks. Hope he's wrong. Could be a draw, but I'd love us to win. I'd absolutely love us to win
2: um
0: darren your score prediction i'm going for a 2-1 spurs win i feel that as the guy said it's going to be a little bit cagey to start with but i think if villa try and play then i think it could be a bigger result than that but i think if they try and be cagey we will break them down and i
2: trust in it i'm going for a solid 2-1 win i'm going to go for a 3-2 spurs win um it is such an important game and i think that we're going to do it yet again um Thanks so much to all three of you for joining me this evening. It's been an absolutely fantastic show. It always is when Spurs win. Um, Rich, thanks so much for joining us, and tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to at the moment.
4: Yeah, marathon champ uh, on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Yeah, Richard said, obviously on the normal normal channel. I'm yeah, working hard on my foundation. Uh, works to provide people with disabilities uh, a level platform um, and. I've got an event on the 24th or the 25th of June in Nottingham at Home Pierpont. Chris, I know you're training for the marathon, so you need to get down there. You need to get down there. I want to see you in your Spurs kit, fully Spurs kitted out, running the 5K. But anybody else that wants to come and run, you're welcome. Uh, look on my page and you'll be able to enter there. Uh, and also uh, training for London and New York marathons
2: at the end of the year as well with yourself. Wow. Wow, that is something. Um, Darren, you doing much training?
0: <laughs> Listen, I'm
2: I'm i not i not i
0: not doing oh, any 5K's. I'm just gonna be real with you. I, I ain't gonna be Darren, me, you're coming. <laughs> I'm
4: gonna come and pick you up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Darren, what are you working on at the moment?
0: Lo- lots more adverts? Uh, well, I've got a couple of to come out, a couple more adverts to come and take over that that your TV section for you. I'm doing a play currently, I'm in rehearsals for a play at the Riverside Studios called dead air a comedy a farcical comedy a lot of fun so if you're in that area and you want to come and have a bit of a fun evening out just to throw away the madness of the world and just come and watch something to make you laugh come down to the riverside studios 7th to the 16th of april but other than that i want every social original heart man and always happy to be here with you chris love you all guys
2: love it thank you darren it's been a pleasure talking to you again and um, russ tell everyone yeah. where they can find you and what you're up to at the moment
3: I will be on Nation Radio UK tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock playing brilliant music, DAB, online, via the app, blah, 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 blah. And um, I'm uh, continuing my quest, Chris, to help people over 40 not only get physically fit but mentally uh, prepared in their heads for mental health. And uh, you can find out more. I've just put an audio course together. It's walkyourselfhealthyandhappy.com slash audio course. So go and take a look. If you're over 40, I hope you get fit and get your, your mind into shape as well. So you're going to be living forever. How about that? Rush, you've also got a book out as well. Yeah, walkyourselfhealthyandhappy.com is a spin-off of my book, How to Walk Yourself Healthy and Happy on Amazon, all good retailers. But if you check out my little audio course I've just mentioned uh, if you take up my offer and you join the course, you get a free copy of the book. So there you go.
2: Fantastic. Well, Richard, uh, Darren and Russ, can't thank you enough for all of your time. Thanks, you. Thanks, thanks for all of the viewers watching tonight's and show and all of the hundreds and hundreds of comments that we have had in today. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, I'll be uh, back later on this evening for a Tottenham News video. And uh, until then, come on,
3: you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Bye-bye.
1: December is one of the greatest months of the year because of food, traditions, and friends and family. But it's also one of the best months to save on LASIK. The Eye Center is helping you make this a December to remember with their biggest savings of the year. 20% off iLASIK. Every leaf, every sparkle, all in crisp detail and all without the hassles of your contacts and glasses. Make this December the one you'll remember for the rest of your life by choosing an experience you'll never forget. Having LASIK at the Eye Center. Visit theicenter.com or call 888-844-2020 to schedule your free consultation. Where do biotechnology, patients, and our planet all intersect? Find out by listening to the I Am Bio podcast. I Am Bio brings you powerful stories of biotech breakthroughs. Discover how psychedelics are being used to treat mental health, the lessons of monkeypox, how biotechnology can revolutionize the way we store massive amounts of data, and more.